Hello, everybody. I'm Flood the Drummer. Thanks for being tuned into the Drumming for Justice podcast. It's Monday, May 14th. On Saturday, May 12th, an article was published on PlanPhilly.com, which told the story of a mayor whose patience with the city council has worn thin due to the inability to approve his signature initiative, Rebuild, which aims to improve rec centers, libraries, and playgrounds across the city. The article led with the fact that the mayor sent council a, quote, fiery letter stating that he's willing to scale back his initiative in order to sidestep requirements for council approvals. Joining me to discuss this is the author of that article, Malcolm Burnley, a freelance journalist whose bylines can be seen at Politico.com, Philadelphia Magazine, Plan Philly, and other reputable outlets. You can follow him on Twitter at Malcolm Burnley. Malcolm, thanks for joining me. Oh, of course. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Flood. So, man, I ran into you as we were leaving City Hall today. That's and right. uh, I had just got finished talking to the mayor about this issue that we're about to discuss. And, uh, you know, the first thing I wanted to just say you know, <laughs> about, that, about that is, was he bullshitting me when he said that um, his threat wasn't, or I should say that his letter wasn't intended to be a threat. I mean, he tried, he, he somewhat downplayed it in our conversation that, no, this is just a communication. I'm just trying to move things forward. I mean, I, didn't, I haven't seen the letter. I don't know what the letter said at length. So why did you use the word threaten uh, in, your, in your copy? Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely do think it was a threat. Uh, that actually came from conversations I had with a few sources uh, in City Hall. One of them, uh, city council staffer. Um, okay. Well, I won't name, but uh, who, they, they characterize it as a direct threat, you know, to council. And also, I should say that, you know, one of the individuals I spoke to is considered to be working for an ally of the mayor. And one of them is considered to be working as, you know, someone who's been more antagonistic to the mayor, particularly on rebuild. So I, it kind of it came from both sides of the spectrum. Um, and so I know just to be clear, this letter that you obtained, it was never made public, right? It was, it was, or was it? It wasn't. No, I was the first one to make it public. If you go to the article, you can read the full thing, uh, the full letter, which we did publish, but it wasn't intended to be made public. Um, it was given to me, uh, by a source in city hall. Um, but I think it also just speaks to the fact too, like your conversation with the mayor that rebuild is this huge half a billion dollar initiative in the city. Um, but it's actually hasn't really been talked about that much. So I also, and it's also very complicated in how it's been talked about up to this point. So I think it's also, it speaks to the fact that the mayor could say, Oh no, that wasn't a threat. You know, this was just me trying to get things right on the right track. Um, and also some other people, uh, characterizing it as a direct threat and, and both, you know, in a sense can be true. And just in the sense that rebuild has been kind of mischaracterized, I should say mischaracterized as much as just misunderstood and, uh, has largely just been, uh, talked about in the press more than anything actually happening with it. Yeah. Well, first off, um, good fucking job on this scoop. You know, you were the first to get the letter and made it public. Uh, that's an amazing job. So I'm looking at the letter and it says, um, uh, and, and, and the mayor says, uh, this is just part of the letter and you can read the full thing. Uh, it's linked in the article on planfilly.com. Uh, you can just go to planfilly.com and search Malcolm Burnley. It's the most recent article I, I think that'll come up. It says, I'm adjusting, I'm adjusting the program to begin the immediate expenditure of the funds previously approved by city council in FY17 and FY18 capital budgets. I'm also asking that the city council withdraw from considering resolution 180124 and bill 180108 as my administration will no longer 
be implementing the rebuild program as contemplated by that legislation. Now, Malcolm, for, for people and the layperson, you've been following this from the start. What is he talking about? Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so let's just take a step back first and rebuild the program itself. As you introduced at the beginning, it's uh, arguably, aside from the soda tax, it's Mayor Kenny's largest uh, initiative, legislative endeavor to date. Mm. And it's a half billion dollar program. The city's going to borrow $300 million uh, or was targeted to borrow that and then raise some other money to go towards parks, rec recreation centers, libraries, playgrounds, uh, re, you know, re, uh, re upper infrastructure, you know, uh, design them to the liking of the community, et cetera. So this has been the program, but this was discussed, uh, at least initially brought up almost over two years ago. Mm -hmm. And what he's talking about is essentially the, the last stage of rebuild before they can start putting shovels in the ground. Um, is city councils is supposed to approve what's called a project statement. And the project statement includes which projects they're going to attack first in the city. So which playgrounds, okay. which libraries. So those are the bills that he's referring to. And what's been happening in city council is a large part of rebuild is not just the physical infrastructure that they're going to improve. They're supposed to be using rebuild as a way to diversify the city's building trades. and units. Right. And so this is really what the big talking point has been for the last two years uh, between the administration and council. And so council essentially isn't approving this project statement, not because of the contents of the project statement, but because they're still waiting for the unions to agree to certain terms uh, in order to diversify their ranks. And so mm. city council is essentially using that as leverage and waiting until they get more things written in stone from the unions. And uh, the mayor. So let's stop. Yeah, let's stop go, there. Go. Does, is the, does the mayor not know that? No, I think the mayor is aware of it. I mean, I think, you know, um, the mayor is frustrated by the fact that that city council is holding this up. He thinks that they've gotten agreements from the labor unions in what's called an MOU, a memorandum of understanding. Right. And this memorandum, memorandum of understanding is not a legally binding document. It is essentially a good faith effort. It's attached to some legally binding things that they could pull work away from the unions if they break this. But what council is saying is within that MOU, there's not enough specifics about the number of people, uh, you know, black and brown workers who they're going to bring into the unions. Also guarantees about, um, you know, in terms of how many hours they're going to have to work to get in. There's a lot of nitty gritty stuff. And so they're they have a they have an overarching agreement. City Council wants more specifics in that. And I think from the mayor's perspective, he thinks that, you know, he's worked with the unions. You know, his administration has a number of folks and obviously Rich Laser is now running for Congress, but has a number of folks who are close with the unions. He thinks verbally they have this agreement in stone and they need a little bit of wiggle room, essentially, in order to implement all of this. He thinks they've gotten enough. City Council says we want this all written in stone. Interesting. So in, in essence, the mayor is more trustworthy, is more trusting in the unions than the council. Yeah, I think that is definitely would be fair to say. And, and you know, and to his credit, you know, I mean, they have been talking about this for for years now with the unions and they have gotten a number of things written in stone. So it's kind of the, the shades of gray. I mean, from the council perspective, you talk to most people in council and I was today in City Hall. Um, they're frustrated with, you know, the history of the unions and segregation, excuse me, segregation and discrimination within the unions. And they basically want to use this as an opportunity to say, you know, we want to make sure that we dot every I and cross every T. We don't want to leave anything up to chance. 
Um, mm. The mayor's office is saying, you know, you're holding this project up, which we announced two full years ago. Um, and basically, we, you know, we've done, say, 99 percent. I don't know if you would say that, but we've done 99 percent. The rest of the one percent, like we'll get there, but like don't hold up the project from getting started in the meantime. It's interesting the way that you talk about it. It takes it, you know, the way you just framed it, it, it takes it from a um, um, uh, a legislative issue and a bureauc- you know, a bureaucratic issue and somewhat puts it in the context of social justice. Mm. This is from the council's perspective. This is about justice. This isn't about recreation centers anymore. This isn't even about, you know, uh, keeping a promise. This is we have an opportunity now to actually enact real social justice on behalf of those living and, 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 and those who didn't get to see this change. And we owe it to ourselves and future generations to take this little window of opportunity and exploit it. That's 100 percent the rhetoric that I mean, if you went to any uh, any of the city council hearings on rebuild and uh, not many people did, I'll definitely say I was going to say I haven't. I'll put my hand up. I haven't. No, no, not to say that. I didn't mean you, you know, just with the general you. If anyone went to any of those, you would hear that rhetoric uh, coming from a number of the city council members. You know, I think the question, you know, to hear to play devil's advocate here, because I've definitely have heard this from other people. I mean, a lot of these city council members have also been there when there's been past opportunities to do something like this. So, mm. um, you know, you will hear from folks who are more supportive of the mayor or at least sympathizing with the mayor's position in this case, which is like, OK, well, all of a sudden we have all these champions for diversifying the unions. Um, and we want to make sure we, you know, we're doing it exactly right. But it's like, kind of like where where were you 20, 30 years ago? And, mm-hmm. you know, to think that all of a sudden, you know, it's a. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just a question of, I guess, shades of gray between the mayor and how much you want to trust the unions or not. Hmm. Now, the mayor today kind of alluded to or implied that the elected officials who have been stalling have somehow been recruited by the beverage industry to kind of, you know, destroy this initiative. Oh, specifically rebuild. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So, um, so I can't. You know, I've not heard that myself. I mean, I think there has been both coming from the mayor's office. The mayor said that, you know, the the beverage industry, soda tax lab, excuse me, soda lobbyists and beverage industry folks were fighting uh, his soda tax in the Supreme Court. Now, Um, he's definitely been saying, you know, one of the programs you're holding up is rebuild because rebuild is tied. I won't get into all the particulars, but it's tied to the soda tax. They need some of that money to fund it. Um, So I don't. I mean, I don't really know about the influence of the soda lobby on council. I mean, it, they did pass the rebuild legislation 16 to 1. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems like council wants them to go forward with it. I really don't think that their opposition to the soda tax has as much to do with rebuild as, you know, the uh, wanting to diversify the unions. That really does seem to be much more the strong, strong point um, in council. In this moment, in this particular context, who's the biggest activist? on council as it relates to this matter i would say councilwoman cindy bass i knew you were going to say that <laughs> <laughs> now from this i think she wants to be mayor <laughs> <laughs> well there, there's a few reasons i mean one she is i believe still the chair of the committee on parks and rec that might not be the official name but whatever the the city council committee that oversees parks and rec she's the chair of that so i think 
with respect okay. to rebuild, it's kind of an issue, particularly that that hits home with her. But yeah. I wouldn't. But politics is also politics. So I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not all about the legislation. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something. I won't say nefarious. I don't think that's a fair word. I just think it's political too. Mm-hmm. There's some political, you know, gamesmanship at hand. Well, so th- I've I've kind of been thinking about this myself. So the fact that the soda tax is still in court, I think, also gives city council this opportunity to just hammer Kenny because mm. the the reality of rebuild is that until the soda tax is resolved. They're, they can only get started on a very, very, very small portion of the project. They need the right. soda tax money to raise the rest. So in the meantime, even if council was like, cool, let's pass this project statement, they would only get a little bit of work done. And so in the meantime, I mean, politically, right, they can just hammer Kenny and say, you know, we, you know, we need this, we need this, we want more on this, we want you to push harder on the unions on this, where if the, if the soda tax uh, lawsuit was actually resolved, I think a lot more constituents would be upset at city council because they'd be saying city council is holding up yes. all of okay. this money, you know? So, so there's a lot of moving parts at play. Absolutely. It's really confusing. I mean, honestly, even as someone who's been following this and talking to people, it's like the, the overlapping agendas and also the overlapping politics. I mean, from Kenny's perspective too, I mean, he wants a win. He wants to start rebuild because he wants to reelect. He wants to reelect the soda you know, tax. That's going to be the tagline: "No reelection without rebuild." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. I mean, because it's like he also he needs this, right? I mean, the, the the city council, you know, they passed the soda tax, they passed rebuild, but like it's still all held up, and some people are starting to ask the question of like, you know, what have you done, and what have you actually done? You know, we're talking about stop and frisk. How that. Uh, I mean, you can speak better than me than that, but the progress on that maybe hasn't been made. And then the soda tax was passed, but now it's still held up. So it's kind of everything's in a state of suspended animation. Kenny mm. wants Kenny wants something to get moving. And from council's perspective, they probably would get less um, uh, political applause. You know, it's it's Kenny's initiative. So it's mm-hmm. really he's got everything at stake in terms of rebuild. Yeah, they're not trying to sabotage him, though. You think, or is this sabotage? No, I mean, I, no, I do think the, the genuinely about the diversity and inclusion. I mean, I think that uh, you know the political landscape across the country, but particularly, in the, particularly in Philadelphia, has definitely changed over the last few years. I mean, I think issues of equity and race are front and center. Um, I think a lot more has come out about discrimination in the trades unions. So I think that's a hundred percent a serious issue, and I also think that. The mayor also realizes that and cares about that. But I think, like, you know, if there was – I don't think they're just hammering him politically, of course. But I think they just have less political pressure on them at the moment. And Kenny just has way, way more. So mm. there's just no initiative. I mean, there's no real, um, like, impetus for them to act. They can just keep asking for more in theory. Um, and I also think, But at what point yeah. does this become – at what point does this become selfish on behalf of the council? No, I mean, I think they're looking out for black and brown Philadelphians. I mean, I really do. I, you know, I, so you think their intentions are good in this? Yeah, I mean, I, they want to ensure that, you know, these historical problems with the building trades and the unions aren't going to continue. And this is at least just a very small uh, step forward in that respect. So, I mean, I think they're doing their due diligence. Um, I think that the thing that's interesting, though, is this, like, MOU is not really a binding document, like I said. So... There's a mix in there. I mean, I think that they're looking out for folks and they want to get as much as they can. But at the same time, um, I mean, it, 
it doesn't look great for the mayor. And like you were like you were saying, I mean, who knows what people's political ambitions are for the future amongst the council members. But um, it at least gives them more leverage at the very least, even if they're not looking to run, say, for mayor, you know, it gives them more leverage the next time because Kenny knows that they mean business. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let me see if I got this. So because so let me, I, I, I kind of want to put a timeline together when the mayor says I've been waiting eight months. It's been eight months since the soda tax was passed, right? No. So eight months ago, I believe he's referring to in his letter. Let me just pull it up. He's referring to when they sent this project statement. So to, oh, okay. to council. So which they sent 61 sites that they want to hit with rebuild money. And uh, he's saying that he sent that to them because that was back in September. He sent that to them initially. So I think that matches up. Yeah. The soda tax was... Now I'm forgetting, but that was definitely a longer ago that the solar tax was passed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. It says, uh, so part of this letter says from, for some historical context on September 29, 2017, the rebuild office transmitted to you and all members of council. When he says you, this letter is directed to the president of city council, uh, Daryl Clark. Uh, For some historical context on September 29th, the rebuild office transmitted to you and all members of council, the draft program statement for fiscal years 2018 to 2019, after the required 60-day waiting period as ordina- uh, ordained uh, in Bill 170206, on November 30th, I transmitted to council the program statement in the form of a resolution along with the proposed lease uh, ordinance for the first set of rebuild projects as approved by each individual district council member. So to put that in layman's term, they had already approved. And when he's talking about the district council members, he had already gotten their approval and which ones were going to start. Yeah, so they had been talking about that for some time. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's really no, from my understanding, there's really no controversy or even pushback about, about that list. Like, everyone seems to okay. agree on it. Everyone's good on it. Um, it's really these issues that are really outside of that. And I think that's part of the mayor's frustration in some ways is that they, they've been talking about these issues, about diversity and inclusion, and been hashing these out for a really, really long time. And I think he thought that they had already kind of come to a stage where everyone was good with it. And now that we're at a different part of rebuild, they're kind of revisiting that same conversation. Um, and so, because I know there was a lot of concern about there not being an enforcement part of it. And yeah, there still is. And so, I mean, part of the thing was there was a lot of pressure last summer for council to to pass the first man this is again so confusing because there's so many parts of rebuild but the past <laughs> that's like a, the foundational part about what rebuild is going to look like they passed it last summer there was mm-hmm. pressure on them and honestly they i mean maybe they should have waited to pass it and then to make sure that all of these things were hammered out then because they kind of, they passed the legislation and then this memorandum of understanding is a different thing like it's not legislation it's like a different agreement with the unions and so um yeah, so it's a little bit – it's been a little bit piecemeal, and I think that maybe the mayor's – my sense is the mayor's administration thought that some of these issues they come to enough of a consensus on uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to your, uh, your article, back to the first paragraph. Um, the Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney told city council that he's willing to scale back his signature rec center playground and library improvement effort in order to sidestep – requirements for council approval and move forward with the long delayed rebuild initiative without the legislative body sign off. What would rebuild look like if it's scaled back? I, I, it wouldn't be those 61 on the list. Would it be just 30? So 
That's a really good question. And so it's a little bit vague in the letter. There's certain things that they lay out about what rebuild would look like or, and how, but they, the administration has no answers at this time about how much smaller it would be. Mm. Um, and also exactly the different shape that it would look like. I've, I mean, there's a lot of confusion, honestly, talking to people in different council offices after they received this letter about what specifically the mayor is envisioning. And I think that's also why I characterized as well as other folks characterize this letter as somewhat of a threat, because it wasn't also like, here's the alternative plan. It was more like, yo, we're going to reduce rebuild people who let me put it this way philadelphians like i wanted rebuild to be this size council is not doing its job so you're not gonna you're not gonna get your rec center you're not gonna get your library we're gonna have to do it a different way i'll do my best uh but it's gonna be smaller and but it's not sure how that's gonna look and that's why it's also the letter itself the kind of the tone of it was um i don't need you to do this um i'll do i'll do this without you um but mm. I'll just have to do it in a smaller, different way. And when I asked the mayor about that today, he said that there's nothing he can do with and rebuild without council approval. That even if he scaled it back, he'd still have to get their approval. I mean, so is he contradicting himself? Is he confused about the law? No, it's 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 definitely getting into the weeds. What he needs council's approval for, essentially, rebuild was gonna. He he actually got their approval. That's what was passed last june he got their approval to borrow 300 million dollars um he could do this a different way and what i was told by the city finance director is that the city would would they always issue bonds to pay for capital improvements they could essentially just tack rebuild onto what they already do um mm -hmm. that requires council approval but it's it's less controversial. Like it's doubtful probably that council would um, strike rebuild from, from that legislation particularly. So he's right that he still needs council approval, but if he did it a different way, he would need less like step-by-step step, he would need less okay. council approval because um, again, get definitely get into the weeds, but the, the legislation that they passed says council needs to essentially sign off on this project statement council needs to sign off on this budget every year council needs to sign off on x y and z all along the way in rebuild and instead he could circumvent that by essentially just asking council for the money and then delivering it in a very different way um yeah but they wouldn't sign off on probably a, a project of that size so that's that's the mm -hmm. trade-off when I asked the mayor exactly in layman terms today, what do you want from city council? He said, quote, when we send them the amendments to the capital budget, approve those. What is he talking about? Um, not not 100% sure. I won't lie. Um, okay. Send them to the amendments. To the, so, oh, so I think that's what he's talking about with this alternative plan, possibly. There's talk mm -hmm. of instead of rebuild working in um, this kind of separate structure that they outlined, they spent many years, uh, I shouldn't say many years, many months um, uh, hashing it out with council and ultimately passed with council. He could instead do it through uh, the, the, the general capital process through the city. So maybe that's what you're referring to. Um, okay. That's also interesting. I mean, a lot of the, the rhetoric about where this letter came from, too, is that from people who are close with the mayor, I'm told that they don't feel that city council has been clear enough about what they want to change. They say 
certain things uh, during these hearings that they want the unions to do X, Y, or Z. But the mayor's office doesn't feel like, um, I don't know, a lot of these things are specific or when they do incorporate the changes, city council all suddenly has more, uh, more things that they want. Um, and so I guess, you know, I was, I would be surprised that his answer to your question actually just wouldn't have been, I want city council to come up with like a list of everything else they want. And that's it because right. it seems like that's kind of been the complaint I've been hearing the most. Well, cause I guess this answer kind of suggests that he's done negotiating. Yeah, no, that's again, like, I mean, his answer, if he is referring to this backup plan, what can call it backup rebuild plan, he wants council to approve that. What he is basically saying is I'm done with, I'm done with dealing them, with them in the way that we were supposed to do. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to take my chances with whatever smaller version of the program that I can, just so I don't have to deal with them. And that to me, I mean, that sounds like a threat, right? I mean, or maybe a mm-hmm. threat, threatening, maybe, you know, I mean, I guess the threat maybe implies something else, but threatening at the very least and saying, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, um, intimidating and saying that, you know, I'm going to go it alone. Now, the guy who's kind of like at the center of all this union controversy is Johnny Dock, right? Always, always. And that's one of his biggest political allies, one of his biggest donors, I have to imagine. Yes, that's correct. So, I mean, it makes sense that he's not going to push Johnny Dock as hard as Cindy Bass is willing to push. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a reasonable inference. I do. Um, You know, I think the mayor has done, to his credit, has, you know, talked a lot about these issues and has pushed the union to, to agree to certain things. But you're absolutely right. Ultimately, um, if, if, if the unions are upset and feel like they're getting kind of pushed around in this situation, I'm sure Kenny's going to hear it. Mm-hmm. So this, this sounds like a guy, I mean, in terms of the political consequences, you know, the one thing that the mayor said today as well was, you know, quote, we could lose a whole summer construction cycle if we don't get this passed, you know, in a month or so, you know, that the entire summer will be, have, have been wasted. That means from, from, uh, that the next summer construction cycle, the mayor would be dead hate in the middle of his reelection bid. And he would also be trying to get re- rebuild off the start, which means he would be going into, uh, into communities asking to be reelected without his signature initiative even beginning. Yeah, no, I mean, that's right. And that's, I think that's the prospect that he's staring down, which is why, I mean, I got a whole range of text messages after my story came out and actually while I was writing it, just about what this means for Kenny and people speculating, you know, just punditry, nothing, uh, I don't think incredibly informed, but just saying like, you know, Kenny sounds desperate was one, was one text that I received. You know, just because in the sense that I, I think that's that's real. I mean, he is going to be running up in re-election sooner, sooner than we think. And um, there's no end in sight with the soda tax. The other mm-hmm. this is definitely in the rumor category because uh, I cannot say that this is actually substantiated. But the rumor also is just about, um, you know, whether or not this letter has any any any. Uh, not any bearing, but whether this letter has any um, insight into the soda tax and if there's any chance that the soda tax might fail. Um, because hmm. if the soda tax did fail in the Supreme Court, I mean, we'd be looking at you know, no rebuild, pre-K would have to be scaled back. Um, and so just the sense that, you know... I mean, he'd be a fucking failure if, if that happens. I mean, from a just objective point of view, that would be a big failure. 
across the board. I mean, it would be and it would be a big win, yeah, for the soda lobby. I mean, I I think that I don't know if anyone could have predicted quite the the blowback or pushback. I, I mean, I know they didn't. I know the administration. I don't think realized that it was going to be this long of a prolonged fight um, in the courts. But I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to call it disaster or at least just. I mean, nothing much will have been accomplished. Um, you said disaster. I said fucking failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been. No, I was gonna say I'm the one who wrote the article that said Kenny, Kenny's killing cool or uh, Kenny's war on cool. And I feel Kenny's like cool. I feel like my words. I always have to be careful because uh, <laughs> I didn't yeah. start off on the right foot with him. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, it's interesting that I like the mayor as a person. I, I've watched him campaign. I'm from the. I've watched him resign from council announced he's running for mayor and be inaugurated. Um, and um, I think this is a mayor with big, big dreams. One thing I like about Kenny is he's a, you know, he seems to be uh, a political, um, what's the word? Um, ah, the word escapes him. But, you know, if you look back at his career, you know, he's the, he was the, the guy who was responsible for getting marijuana decrimmed and for Philadelphia being yeah. the first big city to do that. He was responsible for being the first big city really to, to push this soda tax. I mean, he's always kind of been on, on the good, the white side of history. So I think his intentions are well. I think his intentions are pure for the most part because uh, he's still a politician. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's unfortunate that uh, this gentleman will likely pursue reelection without any of his major things being accomplished. I mean, him and Richard Ross, and not to get off topic from uh, uh, Rebuild, but this is also just kind of in that same vein, him and Richard Ross really don't have a, a congratulatory, uh, uh, you know, a moment for stopping for instance. They're pretending they do. Um, the mayor was very clear that his, his point for reforming stop and frisk was to mitigate the racial disparities. And now when they talk about stop and frisk, it's only in the sense of quantity, not quality. They don't talk about the racial disparities because they haven't been mitigated any, right? So you, you juxtapose that to not being able to start rebuilding. I don't know what he, what he can go to the public with. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a tough sell. I, I really do think it's a tough sell, just to be honest. I mean, I, I don't know. What would it be? I mean, you know, there's... Kiss me, I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it, it would know. be running on, you know, his values and what he tried to do. I mean, mm -hmm. which is valiant, you could say, if you, if you, you know, agree with uh, the soda tax and agree with the, the principles behind Rebuild. It's valiant it's still, you know, but ultimately, what have you done for me? I mean, uh, I think that's the question that people would be asking. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm really curious, man. I mean, Kenny... I've always been fascinated by Kenny. And also, I mean, as someone not from Philadelphia, who's just understood the more I've been reporting the power of the labor unions. Yeah. I mean, I also do feel for him because, I mean, my understanding of his trajectory, political trajectory, I mean, you know, he's a South Philly guy. And, you know, I think that he's always gotten union support. And I think he, you know, we've talked to him about this, how he's become more and more progressive as a person and as a politician as he's gone along. But the people still who got you in office, right, or who at least have helped you elevate you, uh, you know, largely the, the political labor might not have those same views. And so it's kind of this tension between, um, uh, you know, constituency and I think probably personal ideology. It's really tough. Mm -hmm. You know, what I find to be ironic is, you know, when Kenny was inaugurated, um, you know, moments after the ceremony, all the press kind of swarmed on stage and. You know, uh, the first person I interviewed was Daryl Clark. 
And uh, I asked him what he looked forward to most about a Kenny administration. And he said, quote, a true partnership. And him and Kenny talked about how good of friends they were and how they were going to do every initiative step by step together. And that, 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 you know, Kenny really understood the workings of council and he wouldn't blindside them with anything and vice versa. And yet it seems that the council and Daryl Clark in, in, in particular has been left out of the loop and they haven't had this true partnership as first uh, promised. No, I think it's a really good point. And I mean, he ran on the anti I shouldn't say the inside nutter, but the the opposite of nutter in some ways, right? And, and, no, I think he was. Yeah, you know, it was that, like I'm going to have a much better relationship than nutter. Yeah, and it, suddenly it feels like this is evolving into the same scenario, and it begs the question then too of like how, who's to blame more? Is it the individuals who are the mayors, or is it like this body of council? I'm sure mm. they all share some blame, but it it does seem to be like this letter. Um, if I was a columnist and I was writing something off of this letter, I think that would be my column, yeah. which would be yeah. this letter's indication. I mean, it really sounded like it's right back to that dynamic of tension between mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and publicly, too. You know, there's always going to be tension. There's been lots of tension around rebuild. But to, to throw this letter out again, it wasn't supposed to be made public, but I'm sure, you know, you, you know, you know it's eventually going to get out there. Um it's right back to that dynamic of Nutter in council. And, you know, we know the, I think like largely the second half of, I mean, the, his second term uh, didn't get a tremendous amount uh, legislatively accomplished as a result of that. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And just as the, as the, uh, as the letter ends, I guess this is what the mayor was talking about. He says, we intend to implement the rebuild program through an alternate method. I will be transmitting for council's consideration amendments to the FY19 operating budget, FY19 capital budget, and FY2019 to 2024 capital budget that will show adjusted spending. Um, so I guess that's what the mayor said when I said, what do you want from council? And he said, you know, when we send them the amendments to the capital budget, just approve those. That, that is, again, I guess that kind of, you know, solidifies what his intent is. He no longer wants to negotiate. He wants them to uh, uh, approve uh, the uh, amendment so that he can do it in an alternative method. I mean, there, it doesn't seem that there's any more speculation about that when you kind of look at the last part of the letter and then think, listen to what he said today. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is, I mean, unless you're reading it right, as just a, a political move. And so he's trying to, again, the threat aspect. And, you know, I don't know how sincere he is. It sounds like it, though, in your conversation with him, too. I was going to throw out one other uh, funny little bit that I was talking to someone in council and uh, this would be the pettiest move ever, but like Kenny's essentially saying, scrap what I introduced to you, just like dismiss it, and I'm going to do this other thing. It counsel is still, it is in their power that they could actually then just accept his project statement, like the thing that he's been complaining about they're not passing. They could mm-hmm. just go ahead and just pass it out of like straight pettiness if they wanted. <laughs> and then he would have to do it the same exactly. way. <laughs> well, because you know, I mean, that was kind of what I was going to get to. My next question is like, does he, I mean, he's, he's worried about losing a summer session, but if he reworks this, it would seem like it would take the summer session to retool it mm-hmm. in a way that's actually mm-hmm. going to be sustainable. I mean, you can't yeah. rush a big initiative like this. So if you're going to do an alternate method, you have to rework the numbers. You have to rework logistics. You have to re-examine which rec centers are going to be updated first. Mm-hmm. You have to have town halls again before you break ground, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a really fair point. It took... Right. Uh, a year and a half, essentially, f- to go from the idea of doing this to 
working with city council to 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 hashing all of that out it's a very it's actually a very very complicated program because mm-hmm. they're also it's not just the city doing this the city is essentially um tapping nonprofits to oversee the construction work on these sites so it's like mm. there's you're dealing with nonprofits private sector public sector um and so it's like, it sounds like a very convoluted initiative so i think part of the problem yeah i mean part of the problem with this whole thing has been um it seen it sounds simple enough half a billion dollars parks rec center libraries uh here we go but the way they they've envisioned delivering this i think has also because it's been so complicated um it's also allowed council throughout this process to kind of nitpick and also to to point out the fact of um you know this this doesn't really make sense to us or how is this going to connect to this or how you know again with the unions involved there's just a lot a lot of moving pieces and so on the one hand you know pro council argument is they're doing their due diligence and trying to make sure that if they want to do it this this complicated way we're making sure that we again cross every t dot every i the anti-argument i think is um you know, in some ways, why is it this complicated? And then, like you were just getting to, if we're going to do an alternative, it, it begs two questions. One is, how long is it going to take to figure out the alternative? But also, number two, are we just going to throw away all of that time, energy, and money because they got millions and millions of dollars from the private sector just to create, right. create the plans for this? So you're saying that, you know, essentially, we've dumped, we've dumped, I don't know how much money has been spent so far, but let's say that they've spent even just $5 million it's probably been way more than that. You you just wasted five million dollars that could have gone to what building two libraries. Well, I mean, we wasted fifty million or what, fifty million on the police headquarters that we decided not yeah, to buy. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> we appear to have probably with burn. with union labor. I'm sure too. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of union labor, I wonder if this quote alternate method that he's talking about has any uh, bearings or is it germane at all to this concept of diversifying the union trades? If this alternate method kind of puts the unions off the hook? Well, that's another really, really good question because part of the whole argument for delivering it in this, this complicated way was they said that this was a way to enforce, without getting into the weeds, this was a way to enforce or ensure that the unions would diversify um, because it would get around the city's procurement process, which up until it recently changed, you had to go to the lowest bidder on a project and the lowest bidder on a project um, was usually always the unions just because they had the economies of scale and they knew how to do those projects. So doing it in this way was supposed to be essentially a way around that. And I think Mm -hmm. you're right. It does beg the question of if we're doing it a different way, is that actually going to compromise or even or is it a sign that they're just going to throw away altogether that the, the goals of, of diversity and inclusion? I don't think, you know, the, the, the talking points coming from the mayor's office is definitely not, you know, definitely that they're still committed to that. But because it's, it's still so vague as to what that alternative would be, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, and it's a statement that Cindy Bass gave you um, that's in your article. Philadelphia has failed miserably when it comes to minority hiring and local participation. And all, and so, while we have worked hard to do our due diligence in a timely manner, the fact that a rush memorandum of understanding that was signed and dated uh, the same day we requested it was presented to council and found to be insufficient, raising multiple red flags. Yep. I mean, so that's when, I mean, she's been, she's been kind of, 
trumpeting that 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 idea or theme for um, for a long time throughout the rebuild process. And I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, I think it, you know if if council is channeling genuinely channeling the voice of Philadelphians, that's something that you hear all the time, right? I mean, oh yeah, you hear it all the time, and it's so true. And you talk about inequity in the city, and not just the well-paying jobs, but um, all of those contracts, you know, you could definitely say that discrimination in the unions and lack of city's willingness to to fix that, or at least the lack of the city's willingness to um, or the city's willingness to continually give money to the unions without asking for more, because uh, they do control this. You know, I mean, this is the city's money, and we can't underestimate the fact that yeah, it's really hard to 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 make the unions diversify, but also we don't. <laughs> technically have to pay them right if we're doing this alternative structure there we could you know go and get other labor so mm. so um i got a little off off track there but just it, i mean you hear that all the time from philadelphians and so you know again if city council really is i guess just unafraid wisening up i don't know what the change has been that all of a sudden willing to talk more about this when mm-hmm. in the past they haven't it's true. I mean, it's something that needs to change in the city if we really are going to have a serious conversation about discrimination, inequity, segregation, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, if you're just being solely objective, if you're a layperson, you're looking at this completely objective and you're saying, hey, look, you know, the guy at the center of the, the labor industrial complex, if you will, is one of the mayor's closest allies and, uh, you know, a political uh, donor of his and that a, a non-legally binding memorandum of understanding isn't concrete enough uh, between those two. And, and that I would want something, again, as a layperson, more tactile. Um, I would want the city council to, to stretch this out and make sure that they can actually get something that's legally binding, that has some consequences that they can sanction if, if things don't go the way it's supposed to. Yeah, so it's complicated because part of the point of this legislation is city council did have, they do have some authority now um, that they didn't have previously or to like pull contracts if these things aren't happening. So it's, it's, it's like almost like a, um, it's kind of a catch 22 thing where it's like this MOU, part of the city council's frustration with it is not legally binding right but on the flip side because it's not legally binding city council also arguing to put all of those specifics in there it like does also still beg the question of like how much it really matters because it's still an mou so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's tricky i mean i do think though at least at least putting them in the mou and having the blueprint for what this should look like is definitely important yeah, and I'll just say uh, in closing too the uh, the picture you used for your article uh, from Vare Recreational Center. Uh, that's a center uh, in South Philly that's now closed, as uh, I believe it. Um, correct me if I'm no, wrong. No, I think but that's I think, right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's it was closed last year at some time. Uh, I remember there was a big hoopla about it, and I remember being with the mayor at this rec center. I think in late, uh, I want to say 2016, and a place. Uh, to, to the mayor's point, the place was a dump. I mean, it was really hard to believe that there was any type of activities that were happening there, you know, um, uh, b- besides just not having a basketball court. I mean, this was paint chipping off the ground, holes in the ceiling, drop ceiling exposed. I mean, it was just a really, really bad looking play- space, not not something that inspired play or a community. It was like it almost would look like it was abandoned. 
Mm. Mm. And I just think that it's sad that we have to have at all a soda tax and to be at the position where the city doesn't really have the money to just do these types of things. Um, you know, we just reported, uh, I, re- I did a podcast last week about the city's, the, 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 a drawer, Philadelphia drawers, um, t- handed down the largest civil verdict against a police officer in the city history, $10 million mm-hmm. they awarded to a guy uh, because of a cop gave him gave false testimony and, and he was wrongfully imprisoned for three years. But I've never heard of passing a tax to make sure we have money to pay for bad cops. You know, there's, there's a wrong message being sent, in my opinion, in this city where we never, ever talk about a deficit for liability claims and shit like that. There's mm-hmm. always money to pay for that. And yet I, we have to go to Supreme Court just to make sure a handful of students can get in pre-K. Yeah. I mean, that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, part of the thing, too, is, like, you just realize what you like similar to echo what you were saying like how many different things in the city are messed up and how much money wise is not going to either directly to the the things that should be or not in an efficient way because it's also like i mean i just keep thinking about this with with rebuild is like right you were just talking about there and i've visited all sorts of sites across the city there's so much need not only Mm -hmm. physically but also to get these kids and also also, staff at these centers excited again. There's so mm. much need for that. And the unions, uh, absolutely, that's a huge issue as well that needs to diversify. But it's like um, they're both so messed up and to try to b- solve both problems in one um, is difficult. But, like, the reality is that there's so many problems that need to be fixed in this city. So it's just – it's overwhelming at times. And, you know, I think, man, the, all the ideals with rebuild um, – you know, you just really look at it and it, it all sounds great, right? They're really talking about equity, mm-hmm. um, equity, inclusion, um, uh, and not just buzzwords, but I think they've genuinely thought through what they, they want idealistically out of this. But and then it just gets churned up in um, in politics. And then the 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 fear is that you're not going to get either. Right. The fear is in the end, there's a chance that some rec centers maybe will get rehab, but not nearly as many. And the unions maybe will, will, will get a few new black and brown members, but hardly any. And then mm. we're kind of left with just our hands up and uh, win, I guess in maybe a one-term mayor. <laughs> Which would be sad too. I mean, just yeah. like, you know, what we were talking about with, with, with Kenny and um, I think especially idealistically, I mean, at least what he was running on. Uh, was a lot of good stuff and I think the rebuild initiative was really good and I don't know man the the overwhelming feeling you can definitely you can definitely see it on him you know I think he's wearing yeah. wearing that oh yeah oh yeah he's he's wearing it on him mm-hmm. so so the mayor of Philadelphia is growing uh increasingly impatient with the Philadelphia City Council now he's willing to scale back his signature rec center playground and library improvement effort called rebuild in order to sidestep requirements for council approvals he sent a fiery letter on Friday, which was publicized by my guest here, Malcolm Burnley. He has an article up on PlanPhilly.com about this with the headline, uh, uh, Philly Mayor Threatens Council Over Lagging Rec Center Rebuild. That was published on Saturday. And of course, it's Monday, May 14th. So we're kind of following up on that scoop. Grateful that you could join me, Malcolm. Your last thoughts on, on this issue? Oh, man. Um... Let's see. Well, I, I, man, we've been talking so much, and all of a sudden, I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> I was honestly just going back to what was in my head. I was just going back to my, this article. Me and Kenny, I feel like got off on the wrong foot, and uh, I, I like, I, I just keep going back to him as a person, man. I really, mm-hmm. 
Um, I genuinely enjoyed his campaign and enjoyed, uh, I've always enjoyed talking to him the few times I have and, mm-hmm. and do think that he, he's trying to do the right thing. And I think sometimes maybe he doesn't know, know how, and I, I do sympathize or at least pity like any mayor mm. who has to go up against this city council is tough. It's tough. And, and city council might be right. And that's not to say that they're in the wrong. I think they are probably in the right for, to be arguing for all these things, but it's still, it's tough. Um, so I kind of just, I'll pour one out for Kenny and <laughs> I mean, not, uh, I hope something, I just hope something in his personal life yeah, goes well for him this week, uh, you know, outside of politics. So, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you you reported in your letter that you hadn't heard back from Daryl Clark or he wasn't willing to immediately comment. Is any of your sources saying that he's going to come up with an official response on behalf of council to this letter? Yeah, I think he will. Um, Jane Rowe, who is his, I was going to say... Communications director. I was going to say, communi- I didn't know her official title. I mean, Jane yeah. Rowe is really well-known, like, extremely intelligent um, uh, person in City Hall. Uh, she tweeted a few things out. Uh, obviously, that's not the, the, the council president's um, official response. I would expect him to definitely come out with something. I think my sense was... This came out on a Friday afternoon, the letter from from the mayor. I think city council needed to regroup. My sense is they're probably going to come out with an with a unified message. Um, OK, you know, I did. I was able to reach a few of them and they, they gave their individual takes. But I think the council president will probably speak as the leader of council um, in the sense of whatever council wants to do. But I don't know when to expect that. I, I really don't. Um, I'll definitely update you. I'd be happy to jump on another anchor whenever i have some more news on that but uh yeah i'll look out for that at some point this week i would think all right malcolm this was fun and absolutely let's do this again mm-hmm. on not just this topic but there's a lot of shit going on in the city <laughs> <laughs> that, that we can talk about so so definitely uh ladies and gentlemen that was malcolm burnley he's a freelance journalist uh whose bylines can be seen at political magazine philly mag plan philly and more reputable publications. Uh, He joined me today to talk about the mayor's frustration over the lagging response to the rec center rebuild program. Again, the mayor, Jim Kinney, sent a fiery letter on Friday. That letter can be seen on planphilly.com, along with uh, the article authored by Malcolm Burnley entitled Philly Mayor Threatens Council Over Lagging Rec Center Rebuild. And you can follow Malcolm on Twitter at Malcolm Burnley. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Flood the Drummer, and if you're an iPhone, iPad user, add Technical Line to your Apple News Reader. Subscribe to the Drumming for Justice podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and wherever podcasts are available. Until next time, for Malcolm Burnley, I'm Flood the Drummer, and I'm Drumming for Justice. <laughs>